And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forest Hill, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papanuda of Papanute.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California, bringing us today's topic on animal helpers in magic. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Kat and Contraman Ali. Ms. Kat? Thank you, Papa Newt. Well, this show is going to be a little different on many accounts. <clears throat> first of all, we're going to have more music. I had a moment where I um, was thinking about the coronavirus. And, of course, as some of you know, we have closed the Lucky Mojo shop to all walk-in traffic due to the coronavirus. Mm. We're not the only ones. Facebook is closed. Apple is closed. Google mm-hmm. is closed. Pretty much everybody around the Bay Area has closed up their shops. Large gatherings have been um, closed. The entire province of Lombardy in Italy is closed. So in thinking about this, I thought of a song that I used to know and love by Woody Guthrie, and it's called The Great Dust Bowl, and then it says parentheses, Dust Bowl Disaster, end parentheses, as two titles. And I decided to record a modern adaptation of that song. This will mean nothing to those of you who don't know the Woody Guthrie song, but here it is, unaccompanied in the style of another folk singer named Almeida Riddle. And uh, take it away. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. hearing it. On the last day of December <laughs> 2019, there struck a novel virus. The world had never seen the hoon and seafood market was where it all began from Wuhan, Hubei, China. It soon spread to Japan. A new coronavirus was causing this disease. The people started coughing. It knocked them to their knees. The death toll kept on rising. They called for quarantine. It spread to South Korea, and there was no vaccine. On cruise ships and by airplane, it spread to Italy, Iran and France and England and then the USA. 100,000 people without a cure in sight. 
caught COVID-19 virus. Three thousand of them died. They told us human contact is how the virus roams. They told us to self-quarantine. They told us to stay home. We bought up stocks of groceries. We canceled all our plans. With stores and factories shuttered, they told us wash your hands. We washed our hands at sunset. We washed our hands at dawn. We washed our hands while singing the happy birthday song. They called it a pandemic. We sure hope they are wrong. We hope that we can hold out, but we sure don't know how long. And that's it for me for this week. <laughs> that's me clapping, I hope. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> yeah, that was just um, a little moment from my life as a folk singer long ago um, and folk songwriter. <laughs> Um, so how are things? How are things in? How are things in your world, Alvi? Things are going well. I'm grinning from ear to ear because I really, really love that. And it's as like as, as a person who also thinks in terms of like what does the future going to think about recordings? They're going to love tuning in twenty, thirty, fifty years from now, and hearing that <laughs> and knowing exactly what's going on. Like ah, that was the era of the coronavirus. Where yes. So like, it, it, it's, it's really also on like YouTube. That. It's also on YouTube, and you can um, look it up. I think if you type in at YouTube, um, "coronavirus COVID nineteen Lucky Mojo Curio Company," it'll come up. Not in the top, but it'll be like in top five. You'll see it has a picture of the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, it well, was, it was wonderful. But yeah, the entire state of California is a state of emergency. New York is now a state of emergency. Uh, and I think the uh, official, the government has just formally admitted that it's uh, now no longer in the containment stage. It's in the mitigation stage. So it's it's a it's definitely an interesting uh, period to be alive. Um, don't, like, as usual, you know, no one go into full on panic mode. Just wash your hands. Be safe. Don't take unnecessary risk. I loved your suggestion last week. Order your food stuff. Let it sit there for nine days. <laughs> and, you know, pick it up. So that's kind of what's been going on. Now, for those of us who are uh, inherently introverts, like we've been preparing for this our whole lives. That's right. <laughs> <So> we, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we're very used well, to being indoors with it's our a, books. It's and a whatnot. hell of a thing. It's a hell of a thing. And, um, yeah, I'm a stay-at-home person anyway, So, but I can't order pizza, you know. Oh, that's well. true. That's um, true. Well, let's bring in our let's bring in our guest, uh, Miss Elvira. How are you doing today, Elvira? Well, I'm doing fine. I think we have a Mercury retrograde glitches that are, are happening. I had a hard time getting on Blog Talk, and I seem to not have acquired um, an email that is helpful to the show. But I'm like, okay, we're just fine. I have my tea. I have some cookies, so I'm all ready for the show. I've got my, you know. No, my week has been busy. I have been uh, both at 
Lucky Mojo for three days, uh, working there and doing readings. And then, of course, Milk and Honey is where I was yesterday and was very busy there. A lot of in-walk-ins and things. And um, then, of course, going out and doing some shopping. And it's been really interesting. There are people, the various uh, stores are, you know, having people handed sanitary, you know, the... uh, Forex wipes and they're wiping down carts and they're, you know, they're doing all of this. The employees are doing this along with whatever else is going on in the stores. It's really almost like a community effort here. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, let's get on to our um, panel discussion because you brought us a great topic, which is animal helpers in magic. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say um, a couple of things, and then I'm going to just let you take it away. Uh, Number one, um, a lot of people do have special relationships with animals, and some people Mm -hmm. use animals in the performance of their magic. Um, Just as an example, it is um, sometimes you can use your own animal's fur or hair or feathers in a spell, such as if you raise a parrot, you might use that parrot feather in a very well-known spell to get a person to talk and reveal some knowledge that they were trying to keep concealed. But I'm going to turn it over to you, Elvira. Um, Let's see what you have to say on the topic. Well, um, obviously, I would like to do a little definition. I mean, there is... um, the idea of what a magical partner is that's uh, in an animal form is, is someone, uh, an animal that participates in spells or uh, rituals that enhance them with their power. So um, familiars are something that are in real body. They are animals that we have. They are more domesticated than they are wild. I mean, we can have familiars that might be more um, in the wild, but they have a special relationship, and so we are companions in in the uh, situation. So, you know, you have birds, they sit on your shoulder, or the dog that sits on your lap, or the cat that follows you around, or, you know, whatever relationship and that animal you have. Sometimes snakes are, are people put them in little pouches and they walk around with them in the pouch on their belt. And so these are things that they, they connect directly with. And then you have what is basically called a spirit ally, which again um, was said here, spirit helper. And that basically transcends the boundaries of what a familiar is and goes more into the spiritual relationship uh, with the animal, and from that point, it takes in a broader space, a lot bigger area of energy, and you work with the spirit of the animal. Sometimes it's a wild animal that is very big and you can't get near them, so that's another reason why you would have the spirit plane or, you know, astral plane that you would work on. And then totem animals um, are ones that pick you, and they become part of a group if sometimes there's more than one, um, but they pick you. So it may be something where um, an animal keeps appearing to you in different forms. And in our world, we're more civilized, so, you know, it might not be the um, mountain lion that came down and was hanging out at the uh, mall when we had the fires, uh, but it would be something of a nature like that. And that's when you start working with them in dream time and meditation and 
there's a whole series of in-depth versions you get with them and what it is they need to talk with you about. And sometimes it becomes with the spirit helpers and um, the animals that are allies that it actually is another spirit guide that has taken that form to connect Mm -hmm. with you. I'm going to jump in just a moment on the subject of totem animals um, because what Mm. you're describing is what I would call the urban solitary practitioner's um, relationship to totem animals. In other words, they appear, they they call you, they pick you. But in um, more uh, nature-based cultures where there were totemic clan animals and plants, you were born to that totem. In other words, mm-hmm. you didn't say, I want um, gourds to be my totem plant, or you didn't say, I want deer to be my totem animal because I see them all the time. You were born in the deer clan. And often those totem animals were respected by clan members in a way that other people in the tribe did not, so that it was very often a taboo to eat the flesh of your totem animal or to eat the flesh of your totem plant. Just wanted to put that in from a little bit of, of um, anthropology. I think that's great. I was, I, And I totally agree with you because, obviously, um, indigenous cultures that were more in tune and lived with that energy, we, mm-hmm. of course, some of us that may be out there that are living like that, and, and you know, that's okay, and that's great, that's wonderful, but most of us um, are more gentrified here, and so mm-hmm. that kind of puts into a different way of how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Zunis, the uh, Native American uh, Zuni tribe, sort of became the icon for making the little fetishes, which, you know, were the actual depictions of the animals, but it was done with a completely different way. Now it's more carved and more um, art and stylized, but they would go find a um, stone that would call to them, but that had that that animal in it, so it may look like it, it may have shape of it, might have some kind of um, stratification that looks like the animal, and then they would use it and work with it and, and do what they could to make it more look like that animal. Um, I know I have, uh, I was lucky enough to travel over to the Zuni Reservation and talk to one of the actual artisans rather than just buy the object in a store in Flagstaff. So mm-hmm. it was very um, profound for me to, mm-hmm. to kind of connect this this person. But um, this is these are the types and the levels, and then of course there's um, a couple of people I want to mention that are really good at, you know, the uh, animal uh, information. One of them is Ted Andrews, who has Animal Seeks and Animal Wise, W-I-S-E, that are two books along with several others that he has, you know, written that are really good to be able to um, work with the way the animal lives, what their, their tempo is, what their cycle of breeding is, um, and that's what you have to learn when you're when you're working with an animal, whether it's you know spirit plane or you know if you're working even physically with one. You you see what their their actual abilities are and what they do, and and then it helps you find answers for what you're looking for, not just a divination way, but a way of living your life. Yeah, Ted Andrews was a great guy. Um, sadly uh, gone, and he yeah. really brought a lot of um, 
depth to the neo-pagan movement because there was a, a kind of a, a, a part of the neo-pagan movement which is strictly focused on goddesses and gods and, and the upper realms. And Ted Andrews brought this understanding and knowledge of animal totems and animal familiars and um, spirit animals to the neo-pagan movement. I admired him greatly. Yes, yes. And, you know, we did have, um, there are several decks that have been, um, oracle decks would be more of how they would be mm-hmm. described as row decks. One, of course, is um, medicine cards that was that mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Stamps and David Carson did. There's another one called, and this is really great, the Druid Oracle uh, deck mm-hmm. and Beasts uh, of Albion. These are ones that are more in, I guess, more my side of the world uh, in terms of Druidic um, and the the British Isles. Uh, there is one that actually uses mythical. They add in the mythical creatures, mm-hmm. which is another version of people's totems. I mean, we know that from you know dragons and and unicorns and things like that. And mm-hmm. the uh, deck called the Wild Unknown Animal Spirit uh, by Kim Carnes, K-R-A-N-S. So um, these are, you know, because sometimes we don't have the ability to really be in touch with animals, and some of the ones that we get, you know, we start to see like a picture of a, of an elephant. Well, we don't have one roaming around our backyard, and so it's helpful to get some of the information um, that these cards have bring brought into the ability of working with your spirit uh, guides and spirit totems. So um, that's, that's kind a, of a, that's a, yeah. So, uh, so in another place where animal spirits are invoked is in bone reading, and there yeah. are some who don't want to use bones; it, it bothers them. And there's others who do. If you do use bones, one of the first things you do become aware of is that the bones of different animals even if it's the same um, analogous bone from the skeleton, it will have a different quality depending on the animal species or the life of that animal um, that is you know, that is used. For instance, just to give an example, and I think I've mentioned this on, on the uh, radio show before, uh, people use a raccoon penis bone <clears throat> to represent a faithful male companion in a good marriage. This goes back to the Pawnee, a Native American tribe. The, the Pawnees had sacred bundles that the women kept that had a raccoon bone at the center to represent their man's sexuality. And there were other little things, uh, little feathers and tobacco and other things in the bundle. Um, but a, a raccoon penis bone came into our possession at one point that had been broken and healed. Mm. It, it actually was right. a broken bone that had healed while the animal was alive. And... Um, I put it aside as a very special bone because it really meant something about the ability of a of a man to regenerate after a, a terrible accident. And then over the years, of course, we sell a lot of these, and they do come through the uh, taxidermy trade. We have found a number of these broken penis bones that healed while the animal was alive. And so we sell them to special clients who want them. And these are usually people who've suffered grave injuries and want that broken penis bone that healed while the animal was alive to represent something about their own character or nature and to call upon that raccoon spirit for that strength of purpose to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Mm. Obviously, we look at the same thing in terms of spells that you can use to to work with and enhance uh, your rituals to help the spirit 
of the animal that you're working with to be able to um, help the energy of what it is you're looking for, what you're asking the spell or the ritual to do. And so, of course, using um, some particular animal, you need to still get a rapport with them, even if it's not one of your normal um, repertoire of uh, totems. Mm-hmm. So um, that's another thing that you know, comes up in terms of that. And, of course, shamanism and the use of shamanism is, uh, and again, that is a term that is uh, to a specific culture, but the work of connecting in with the uh, spirit realm is also very much they use this in working with healing and working with finding things. And even when you're trying to find animals, there's also saints. Um, St. Francis of Assisi is very well known. Uh, and I was lucky enough to visit um, the church where he uh, had built and practiced and then, of course, his entombment as well. And um, there was something special about that particular individual over and above the the religion he was in and what he was about. And I found it transcended so much, and it was just so powerful. And um, at the time, my husband was alive, and he was very, very attached to this particular individual. (laughs) And so we spent a long time at that place. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that brings up another um, person, which is... um for uh, St. Francis of Assisi, and I, I, I've been there too. Um, he was known for his um, contact with and advocacy for wild animals, particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's often shown with a wolf, a deer, and birds. He, he preached a sermon to mm-hmm. birds. Um, mm-hmm. Another saint, St. Martin de Porres, is known for his advocacy of and contact with um, domestic or commensal animals. Um, because he he may have been what we would we would call the first veterinarian. He had a veterinary clinic in Peru, and um, he is known for his um, protection and help for cats, dogs, rats, and pigeons. Wow. Okay. Mm. A lot of people keep pet rats, so they need to know about Martin de Porres. He's shown feeding them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he liked feeding mm-hmm. rats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And feeding animals is one way to build the, the, that relationship. So there's kind of two approaches to working with animals. Uh, there's the, in the what we call invoking an animal power and, and animal spirit or whatnot, which is quite common in, in hoodoo and in conjure. You find the, the use of that animal's curios and parts in various magic workings, buzzard feathers, rooster feathers, snake bones, cat hair, dog hair, etc. You're invoking the power of it. So, for example, in a breakup still using cat hair and dog hair uh, as a way of make, to make them fight like cats and dogs. You're invoking that particular spiritual force into the work that you're doing, using rooster feathers to cleanse uh, snake bones used in, uh, uh, you know, goofer dust and, and hot for powder. Uh, and then there's a more long-term sort of working with animals uh, uh, for example, uh, you know, a pet rat or, or whatnot. And you can build that relationship, particularly with animals that aren't necessarily pets, but exist in the wild through feeding. So I work very closely with ravens and crows. Uh, it's something that I've been I've worked with for ages. And the relationship was built very slowly over time by feeding them. Uh, and in turn, they started giving me gifts. 
uh, leaving things for me uh, that I would keep uh, on an altar, uh, feathers, etc. And now I work with them uh, in my work to carry messages, to help out certain works. I include some of their feathers in, in the works that I do. They act as little spies and messengers. Uh, and they also help me with dream walk. Um, so whenever I do sort of dream walking, it's usually with uh, Raven feather, the ability to kind of enter into other people's dreams. But it is a relationship that takes time to build. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be a pet. It doesn't always have to be animals that you conventionally uh, think of as household animals. It can also be animals that you build a relationship with over time. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean that that animal is automatically your familiar. Familiar is a particular type of understanding of, of uh, spiritual relationship between an animal and a, and a person. It comes from a particular magical technology with a particular kind of culture. Uh, but you can still build that relationship and you can still build a real meaningful connection and call upon that connection in the work that you do. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one animal. It can be more than one. Um, and both of these are very kind of well, well, you know, tread roads uh, in conjured. The kind of invocation of an animal power in the actual spell work that you do, the actual recipes that you use, and the sort of more long-term relationship that you build over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there there is something there too because um, we're we're kind of covering a, a couple of realms here, and I want to bring in another mm-hmm. idea. We're talking about wild animals, totemic animals, animal allies, and we're also talking about domestic animals. And Ollie mm-hmm. mentioned, you know, same uh, thing there. But as um, as human overpopulation has extended beyond the borders of what were natural areas to place cities and has gone into the foothills and the woodlands around and surrounding these cities um, with what I would call uh, small houses on, on large lots. These are not farms, mm-hmm. but, you know, everybody gets a half an acre or whatever. The land set aside for animals is being um taken away from them. And many of these animals, of course, didn't get the message. And so more and more people are reporting deer in their backyard or raccoons on their back porch or ravens, you know, sitting on their fence and owls. And so one of the things that I've noticed with YouTube, where a lot of people um, photograph these animals, is what used to be rather rare encounters are becoming more and more common. In one way, this is good because we're returning a bit to our contact with nature in another way it's Mm -hmm. not good because the animals are being wiped out because for everybody who feeds a deer in their backyard there's someone who's going to kill a deer in their backyard yeah and um there's also problems with the larger predators like um cougars mountain lions um coyotes wolves those are predator animals which have no place to go and so they will go into someone's backyard and they'll eat someone's little dog and then they're hunted down so we have a um a new emerging relationship with wild animals and i want everyone mm-hmm. who thinks about their relationship with wild animals to think about human animal contact in india mm-hmm. right now tigers are being wiped out because people just the population has sheer grown so that there's no place for the tigers to live anymore and so people are being killed by tigers so then they send out uh you know groups of people to kill the tigers and then the tigers always lose and um, the same is happening with elephants elephants who you know really 
don't need people and can live quite well without them. In India, the elephants are coming closer and closer to the villages, not because all of a sudden there's more elephants. It's because there are more people Mm -hmm. and they're building out farther. And so there's a whole section of wildlife management called human-elephant conflict. And we have to be aware of these things as political people and as um, as social justice advocates that you can't just say, oh, gee, I want the elephant to be my totem. You have to yes. understand that elephants are endangered, tigers are endangered, and you have to really work and give some of that not just you know lip service, not like I read a book by Ted Andrews and, boy, it was inspiring, and now tiger is my animal. No, you need to actually mm-hmm. go out and help actual tigers. My opinion um, that this is so important because what the heck would they like you for and why the heck would they yeah. help you yeah. if you're just sitting back while they're being wiped out? Oh, that's so true, so true. You're ta- you're, I mean, not first of all, not all animals are willing to work with, with humans and not all mm-hmm. spirit animals are working with they, We need to be clear about that, right? Um, and, and that's the reality of it. You may think a tiger is cool, but that doesn't necessarily mean the tiger is like, yeah, I'm going to hang with this human. That's not exactly mm-hmm. going to work that way. But you're also talking about something really powerful here. This kind of displacement of animals disrupts something. And that disruption is ecological. There's a political consequences, environmental consequences, and definitely spiritual consequences. We've talked about in this uh, on this you know radio show several times about the disrupted land spirits that sometimes people encounter, right, that are part of hauntings. Well, they're also disrupted animal spirits. Those have been dispossessed, those have been driven off their home, or those who are finding their home shrinking and drinking. And those also are, are spirits that you're going to have to encounter and deal with, and real animals you're going to have to uh, aid and assist. And that's something that people should be aware of. That there is an element here like, okay, you're not just going back to nature and finding, you know, a friendly animal to hang out with. You may encounter an an animal that requires your advocacy. That too is part of building relationship. That too is the spirit work, that advocacy that you do for that endangered animal or for that particular creature. Yeah. Um and um I I really think that um this is it's your moral obligation. Yes. If you say, Amen. if you say, um, oh, just an example, dolphin is my spirit animal, and many people do. What are you doing to help dolphins survive in a time of human overpopulation and warming oceans? Are you advocating for, mm. um, for you know, uh, climate change control so that the, that the water will not change its temperature so much, because many of their their prey animals will die, and they will die. So always think about what your moral obligation is as a steward of the earth if you undertake animal um, ally work. Not just, oh, yeah, you might have a cute little poodle dog or a chihuahua. They're not in danger. But think about their uncles and aunts, the wolves, and their coyotes, Mm -hmm. and um, the jackals. And you want to think about, what am I doing for the dog family? If you have a cat, what am I doing for the cat family? Not just, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm rescuing. I rescued a little kitten that hoped for paws that Eldad rescued in Compton, and now I have this kitten. Think about all the cats in the world. And Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) yes, Shiva, he posted, Eldad. (laughs) Eldad. Eldad is a guy who has a thing called Hope for Paws, and they rescue dogs and cats, ducks and bunnies, everything, out of out of the worst places on L, in L.A., even including along the freeways. And I love Eldad. Hopeforpaws.com. 
All right. So send money to Ildad if you're working with mm. cats and dogs. <laughs> also work in uh, the rescue centers. Uh, we have one here for the uh, birds, for, for raptors and anim- uh, the, the bird population, not just raptors. And mm-hmm. um, I was lucky enough to have a little bit of apprenticeship time there with regards to um, where they, you know, needed just bodies to, to do shit. And so that was what I was doing. And, you know, there I have a close connection with a, a particular raptor, and they had one, of course. There was several different versions and kinds. Um, but I wanted to do something more, you know, to really get in touch with this animal and to help what was there. So, you know, that's also another thing is volunteer in some of the places that if you don't have the cash or you want to do it in as well as cash, it's, you know, volunteer in the areas as well. And mm-hmm. I just I just have to put a little shout out to in the chat um, room right now, Jeremy Weiss is there, and he said, we have large cat rescue in our area. He lives up uh, mm. near uh, Seattle. And I just have to say, I happen to know Jeremy. Um, he was almost killed by a large cat, <laughs> and he has the scars on him. Um, he was attacked by a uh, by a mountain lion, I believe it was, and um, while he was out hiking. And um, so that is one way a totem animal can choose you, by the way. Oh, yeah. um, it it not only may choose you by, oh, appearing in a dream, but it might just jump off a boulder and try to rip you down. But if you survive, it's like lightning struck wood, like a tree that's been struck by lightning. That tree has been marked by lightning, and Jeremy Weiss has been marked by the large wild cat. Mm. There's also something else that I need to put in. You know, we are talking about ethics, and we're talking about integrity mm-hmm. along with, the concepts of this other spirit side. Um, there is a place called Turpentine Wildlife that is basically in um, just out between um, Prairie Creek and uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, and they go and rescue all these wild animals. Sometimes they're bears, sometimes they're uh, tigers and lions and, and things, especially from either... Um, places where somebody wanted a cute little wildlife animal, so they got a tiger, and then finally it became this big thing, and, oh, by the way, it swapped out your kid, and, you know, there you are. Or they just, you know, they weren't what they thought they were, cute and fluffy. Or mm-hmm. um, animals that have been utilized in circuses or some kind of an entertainment environment, they really do go out. I've been very lucky to go see their facility, and it's beautiful, it's huge, and, um, again, they also advocate for, you know, help with finances as well as, you know, people coming and helping and doing. Mm-hmm. But I was totally taken when I got there, and I'm going, in Arkansas, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's another <laughs> well, thing. Let's get back to our topic because we could advocate for any number of wildlife rescue centers and books, mm-hmm. but let's talk a little bit about some spell work. So, Elvira, mm-hmm. give us an example of some of the kind of spell work you might do with an animal helper. Okay. So um, when I set up, when I have a particular uh, need, whether it's a client need, a personal need, a family need, mm-hmm. um, I will go to a particular deity that I work with, and I will mm-hmm. utilize um, some of their particular animals that they work with as messengers, and I will use my own totems. 
uh, and I will set them up on my alt on the working altar that I have, and uh, in iconic form. So either they're figurines, or they're uh, a little carved animal, or there might even be a picture. And then um, when I light my candles safely, um, I uh, also come into uh, communion with them, and basically work. In, I don't want to say a meditative state. It's between trance and meditative to be able to uh, see what they can help me with, and sometimes the journey will be with um, them or with my totem animal leading me to them, and then I will get plants. They will take me to plants that might be useful for the situation that I'm in need of, maybe an herbal or medicinal plant. Um, or they, and again, this is personal. They don't necessarily just sit there and make cute little grunting noises. They actually talk. Um, Mm -hmm. They commute in the language I know, which is English, and Mm -hmm. so they may have a whole conversation with me about whatever it is. Um, That's how I work a lot with my animal uh, totems and animal spirit guides because I, I also see them, you know, walking around like you have a lot of squirrels that just love mm-hmm. your place. So when mm-hmm. I'm in the office, I see the squirrel. I'll go out and stick my head out and go, hi, babe, and, you know, kind of give it a, a nod just to know because that is, believe it or not, one of the uh, family uh, on the herald of my one of my family uh, ancestors is a squirrel. Oh, so a squirrel. Um, yeah, I know. All right. Well, <laughs> That's that's really nice to know. That's another thing to look at, heraldry and the animals on heraldic crests that may be associated with you. All right. Well, there is um, the music that marks the end of this segment, but this was a great topic. I really like talking about animals. I've always been an animal lover. Let's turn this over to Papa Newt, and we will bring in our first client for a reading. Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our our caller, and our caller is calling in, a return caller, calling in from area code 678 in Atlanta, Georgia. This is Clarissa. Clarissa, are you there? I am. Hi. Welcome back to the show, and thank you for entrusting us with your situation today. It looks like you were here six uh, on the show six months ago. Was that right? Yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And it, it was and for a different situation. Mm-hmm, certainly, thank you. And uh, now it looks like Closer has written, uh, my child's father, who has never been financially stable, recently passed. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I was told by my astrologer that she could not see his passing helping me financially. In addition, there is to be some downfall this summer where I have no income for six months. I am filling, uh, filling out for SSI, but not sure if they will benefit because of what the astrologer said but also because he uh, he may not have worked enough over the years. Please tell me if there is any hope of turning this around and having financial support. Turn back to you, Ms. Kat. Hi. 
Um, Clarissa, um, I notice it's very appropriate that you also have used the name lioness, and um, as well as um, in the in the forum, you're called lioness. What is your yes. um, sign of the zodiac? I'm actually a Virgo. And a Virgo. I have a, yeah, with a Libra moon, and I am Scorpio rising. So you just picked lioness because lioness became your totem animal. I just, I liked um, the idea of the strength of the lioness, yes. And I have locks, I have long locks, so. Ah, wonderful. Well, you see, that's the kind of thing that just makes this show so fun because we didn't know we were going to pick you. I didn't know it. Here we are with this talk about lions and tigers and bears, oh my. All right. Um, All righty. So I'm going to um, say here that I'd like an a piece of information about the children's father as well. What sign of the Zodiac was he? A Leo. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Yes. I see. Um, wow. All right. So I'm not going to go over whatever astrology it was, but I'm going to do a reading um, from tarot cards um, okay. and see how you know, where I get, um, usually, um, there is an astrologer usually can do a better timing prediction than a tarot reader can. I think you probably Mm -hmm. know that, um, because, you know, we're going by the aspects, but I'm going to see, it it says that, that his passing cannot help financially. There's going to be some downfall and you're filing for SSI. Um, so now again, I want to ask, um, this is um, for your children, I presume. You're chi- you're filing yes. for your on behalf of your children. Okay, not on behalf right. of yourself. Okay. Right. No. So the que- the okay. So is there any hope of turning this around and getting some financial support? Okay. How old are the children? Um, seven, nine, and twelve. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to put down three cards, uh, cut my cards and put down three cards and see what I get. Well, card number one is going to be very, very hard to overcome. This is a very bad card for your question. It's not always a bad mm-hmm. card, but it just doesn't work here. Um, yeah. Now, you told me, uh, tell me again, their ages uh, were, uh, what did you say? Seven, nine, and twelve. Seven, nine, and twelve. Okay. This is a card called the Five of Pentacles, and it shows a a woman in rags with a child following behind her. And the child is a a boy, but it could be any gender. And this child has uh, crutches, it has a bell around the neck, has a bandage on the head, and has no uh, shoe on the um, left foot, just rags tied around to try to keep their foot warm while they're walking through the snow. The mother has no shoes on either foot and is walking through the snow. She has a blanket over her. Uh, It's torn and tattered, and she looks pretty worn out. She looks tired. And um, behind them is a big building, and it could be a church. It could be a hospital. It could be a university. uh, It could be a bank. And it's a building that has a stained glass window with five big coins on it. Whatever this place is, it has money, and it has the wherewithal to help these people. The people are not being helped. No one comes running out of the building and says, hey, guys, it's okay. Come on in. It's warm inside. But neither do they turn and go and knock on the door and get admitted. 
So it's a card of a need and want, and I would say that this is going to persist for a while. Um, if SSI does not benefit you much, you're going to have to turn to some other way of getting some um, assistance. The assistance is there. It's in the building, but mm-hmm. um, there, there's there's a problem. Do any of your mm-hmm. children have any special medical needs? Um, no, no. No, okay, um, good. Other than, I mean, they're, yeah, no, they're all fine physically, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is one reason I say this. It shows one child who has um, a struggle here, and we don't know what okay. the struggle is, but there is something going on. It could be mental. It uh, it could be physical. Um, but it shows that one child will need particular help of the of these children. Yeah, and maybe I, I already know which one. I already know which one it is that you're speaking of. My middle, um, the boy, the okay. nine-year-old. Right. He's having the hardest time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is difficult. And um, also you need to do some self-care. The woman is also looking a little ragged around the edges. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, the next card is um, a a better card as far as um, the future. It's the card um, that is called the Queen of Wands. And this is a woman who is a queen on a throne, and she has lions on her throne. So this kind of relates to you. Um, it wouldn't normally um, be your card, but it's just, you know, since you're lioness, I'm seeing the relationship there, and I'm going, well, that's a hit. That card hit pretty good. And yeah. she is on a throne of lions out in the um, Egyptian desert. On one side are the golden sands of Upper Egypt with the pyramids, of Giza, and on the other side are the silver sands of the Sahara. So she's considered to be a woman um, dwelling between the sun and the moon. She's a woman of great power and strength, and she's a woman who can remake or rebuild herself. She has a wand with leaves on it, and um, that stands for strength and power in, uh, of herself. She has a sunflower in the other hand, which stands for Um, hope, optimism, turning toward the light always. She has the lions on her throne, and in front of her is a black cat, which stands for her ability to protect herself while she is um, in the darkness. So I find this a very important card for you. And it says, among other things, that you should be able to work with herbs. She has herbs in her crown. And um, you should be able to work with good diet, and um, you will be able to protect and help your children wear items that are silver and gold. If you can find a piece of jewelry, it doesn't have to be, you know, 100% real gold or 100% sterling silver, but something that's gold and mm-hmm. silver colored, those colors will be strong for you. And okay. um, and she is a protector. She's, in my opinion, the strongest of the four queens in the deck. The uh, next card is a pretty good card. It is not a card of like immediate solving of this problem, but it tells me that the problem will be addressed and ameliorated in some way. The uh, card is called the Knight of Wands. So the Knight of Wands kind of goes with this Queen of Wands. And this guy has the three pyramids of Giza, and he's approaching toward the Queen, if you lay these three cards out in a little row. So there is some person, now it doesn't have to be a man necessarily, there could be women as knights in our world, but it's a person who's on a horse who has some sort of official 
uh, capacity because you don't get to be a knight just by declaring yourself a knight. You have to be part of a, a hierarchical system. And this knight is coming to the aid of this queen and saying, here I am to save the day. It could be a lawyer. It could be a, a naturopathic doctor. It could be a friend. It could be a new male friend, if that's what you are looking for. But it's somebody who has um, some fight and some spirit and is going to help. And that's what I see um, in these cards. So I'm going to turn this over to Elvira. Oh, thank you. Okay, well, hi there. Um, I do have a question um, in terms of are you presently employed? I am. Okay. Okay, so what I have here is the Three of Pentacles is my first card, which, interesting, you have three children. Um, obviously, that does relate in a specific way of numbers to what you're looking at, which is for your children's sake. Um, it is a card of study, so it is research. It is a time for you now to really get in and research um, options over and above, just like Miss Cat was saying, over and above say the standard SSI, there may be another way or other ways to work. Um, you did get the Queen of Wands, which I was sitting here going, oh my gosh. So it is very important. Doubly now oh, you got it too? Of- yes, I did. Oh my goodness. Wow. I did. I got I just sorry, I gotta jump in. When I pulled three cards, you know what my fourth card was? It was a three of uh, pentacles, but I didn't mention it. Oh my, oh my goodness. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Now, okay. this is, Onward. This is profound. <laughs> profound. What I will say is hearing this and listening um, to what Ms. Katz said, there is a three cycle, three hours, three days, three weeks, three months, in which this first part of your uh, quest to get help um, is going to be uh, very important. It is not. It is something you're going to have to use a lot of strength to to work with. And uh, you know, my card has the same. The Queen of Wands has the same thing. A cat, which is not a lion, but a cat and a sunflower. And so those, um, I feel, are the same. You do need to make sure self care is very important because you are the one that is the person holding all this together, and I know you know that because you're the mom, but you also get, and this is what kind of blew me away here, the strength card, which has a lion lion on it with a woman, and she's looking out, and the lion is leaning and um, kind of just, like you could hear it purring. Now, that card is a major arcana card. It is one, um, it's basically about, you know, take a risk, take a gamble. It is about children and a Leo mm-hmm. card. So my sense here is that wow. you need to connect in ritual, not only to your lion-lioness aspect, but to your deceased, the, father, the deceased father, and yeah. ask mm-hmm. for help from the other side. Um, I just that's did right really... before I called you guys. Yeah, I lit a candle okay. form on my altar. And Excellent. So... Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. The outcome actually to me is the Ace of Wands, the Two of Wands, and the Justice card. So I feel that you do have um, a very good chance to connect with two sources that will help you, and the justice card is legal action or, you know, the legalities of what you're looking at, which is SSI and any other form that you can find. But it really shows that, yes, this year is hard, the middle cards, you know, you know some of the, the tension, but please follow through, do 
some spirit work and obviously the magical aspects, um, they will be discussed on some, you know, remediations on this. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, wow. thank you so much. That's that's really interesting. The justice card is interesting because um, it, to me it, it's similar to that Knight of Wands that I had, which mm-hmm. someone will mm-hmm. help. And mm-hmm. um, the justice the justice card. One of the things I was taught when I was uh, young: always tell the client when they get the justice card, your name will be required to be signed on a paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. So I pass that along <laughs> from Mrs. Hare okay. from the 1950s. All right, let's turn this over to um, Conjurman Ali. Yeah, so uh, you've gotten some fantastic readings here. I'm going to give you a couple of workings. There's actually three total um, that I think will help in your situation. First, as Ms. Elvira said, start with uh, working with, with the, the dead, those who have passed on. This is very important. Your child's father is a spirit, and that relationship doesn't go away. It's just transformed. It's something different now. Mm-hmm. So set up an actual space. Set up a space in which you will regularly work. Put up this photo. Uh, light a white candle, water, also a bowl of alfalfa, or I mean uh, althea. Really, really good in this situation. It'll be great for bringing the power of the spirit in. And Althea will help by bringing other spirit helpers, but also making uh, the children's father uh, inclined to help. So this is, to some extent, playing with that knight of wands, which can be a spirit helper here. Um, So Mm. I do sense that this this will be very useful for you. And speak to him. Talk to him about the children. The children are doing well. They need a little bit of help here. Oh, so-and-so is not doing so well on his homework. Or, you know, I really use help with the bills. This is important. The dead are keenly interested in in their own way to seeing how their legacy survives them. And this is part of the Mm -hmm. legacy, ensuring that his children are taken care of, that his family is taken care of. So work with that spirit. Uh, I always recommend uh, ancestor work and working with the spirit of the dead in situations like this. Couple this with actual work to draw in any type of financial aid, uh, finances, money, help that you require. Take a dollar bill and write your petition on this. This petition should be a letter that you're basically speaking from your heart to God. Lord, I call on your aid or or higher spirit or creator or whatever. I call on your aid to bring to me the finances that I need, that I desire, to cover my bills, to cover my expenses, to bring me in luxury and comfort for me and my children, so that we may live without any worry, or so on and so forth. Speak from your heart, write it on this dollar bill. Fold the dollar bill up until it's a nice little small packet and place it into a jar. You're going to put in cinnamon, five-finger grass, fenugreek seeds, and thyme into the jar. You should also fold in a very small lodestone grit into that dollar bill. You could just get a small lodestone grit. You can get a whole packet of them from Lucky Mojo. They come in. There's a lot of okay. them. You can use it for like forever. I have a packet that still hasn't run out, and I think I bought it like three years ago. So you can <laughs> buy those lodestone grits, and they're phenomenal. You can use them in work like this because you don't want a giant lodestone in a jar. You want a small one. So you want to fold yeah. that up, place that into, a, into the jar, with the cinnamon, with the five-finger grass, with the fenugreek seed, with the thyme, pray into it and close it. You're going to shake this jar up daily as you call for the money to be drawn to you. The cinnamon here will help to speed things up. It'll help to move things faster, and it will this power, the shaking, is a great way of ensuring that this situation turns around and turns around relatively fast because you, you are looking at summer is not that far off. 
So we want to turn yeah. this around as fast as possible. These two works, working with the spirit of the dead and with the jar, will help with the drawing in of aid, the drawing in of the support that you need, and drawing in the finances that you deserve. But we also want to make sure that we protect you from any type of poverty, to protect you from any type of financial hardship, and in particular, as you're entering into that period where you know that your finances are going to be a little bit untrustworthy. So the next step is to take alfalfa, alkanet, and lemongrass and burn this to ash as you pray. You can burn this uh, on some charcoal, whatever you'd like. Then take that ash to the four corners of your home and mark it. And as you do so, you will say poverty Stay away, you are not welcome here. This will help to protect your home and heart from any form of financial hardship. So that even if you go into a stage where, say, uh, you're no longer working or the money isn't coming in, you won't risk things like uh, homelessness. You won't risk things like uh, suddenly being in debt and so on. Alfalfa, alkanet, and lemongrass work really together, uh, wonderfully together as a protective measure to ensure that your money is safe, to ensure that your finances are safe, and to ensure that your state is, is safe. So three-part working, okay. working with the spirits yes. to draw their allyship in, working with the mm-hmm. jar to speed this up, to turn this situation around, to give you the success mm-hmm. that you need when it comes to finances, and some protection work to ensure that your money and financial situation remain safe. That's my recommendation. Let's see if Ms. Kat and Ms. Elvira have any adjustments or things they'd like to add. The only thing I would add, Ollie, is that uh, that uh, little list of alfalfa, alkanet, and lemongrass, I would mm. add Irish moss as well. Mm, okay. And um, Irish moss is also used to keep from having poverty. And okay. when you buy Irish moss, you can either buy it as a powder or chunklets, or you can buy whole big pieces of it. You might want mm. the little chunklets, but there's a reason to buy the whole pieces. It's a seaweed. It comes out of the sea, and when it's dried, there is salt with it. Mm-hmm. And the Irish moss salt is used in cooking to bring prosperity to the home. So if you rub the pieces, the salt will fall off. Just put that salt. Yes. It's, it's perfectly edible. Irish moss is edible. And you're just mm-hmm. going to put that into I use it in my smoothies. <laughs> okay, great. So Irish moss salt is used to keep prosperity in the home. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Yeah. Any Anything else that anybody has to add? Um, I just, it's real simple. I would really call on Archangel Gabriel and light a white candle specifically for your children, but especially for your middle child who seems to be taking it the hardest. Okay. Great. All right. Thank you so much for being our uh, client. And we will now turn this over to Papa Newt. And now it's time for uh, Ms. Kat with a special announcement about the format of our show. Turn it back to you, Ms. Kat. Well, honey, I was expecting you to give our regular announcement and then end with that. Oh, I was told wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, you know, that's how live radio is. How about you give that announcement because we do need to make it anyway, and then I'll come in, okay? 
Okay, well then, um, I will just remind everybody that the support for this programming is again provided by the Lucky Mojo Cario Company in Forestville, California, which is located online at the luckymojo, uh, luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic contra practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Funless League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at Crystal Silence League. And now it's time for Ms. Kat and our special announcement. (laughs) Okay, thank you. There we go. (laughs) All right. Well, we've been on the air um, with this radio show since 2004, and we've gone through many, Mm -hmm. many formats. We're still here. We're still going to go on, so don't don't get a little heartbeat over that. But we may be um, experimenting with formats as time goes on. Right now, I want to tell you about a big change that's coming up. Uh, Ali and I have been co-hosts for many, many a mm-hmm. year. Maybe Ali will remember when he started. And I do. Papa Newt, uh, Papa, do you know what year it was? Oh, I don't know the actual year. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> Long time many ago. Years. Long time ago. Well, Papa Newt has been our announcer for many years. Papa Newt, do you remember when you first took over as announcer? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to say it was. 20, oh my gosh, uh, 2016 or 17? All right. It's been a number of years, I know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. somebody with a, with, with can look through and find that and put it in the chat log when they find out. Well, um, Papa Newt is going to be leaving us as announcer. And so, first of all, we're going to do a little celebration of you, Papa Newt, who you are, how wonderful you've been, um, and really how much we just love working with you. Now, I always feel like I give Papa Newt short shrift because, you know, he's here announcing. He sometimes is a guest. He sometimes is a co-host. Sometimes, if I don't have much to say at the opening of the show, I'll ask him, how are you doing, Papa Newt? What's new in Omaha? (laughs) But now he's going to be doing a lot in Omaha. Now, I know you all have been listening because every time we ask him, how's it going in Omaha, he has more and more and more on his plate. He's teaching. He's uh, lecturing. He's got a whole uh, caseload of clients. And, of course, he also works at Next Millennium. So, Papa Newt, I want you, as before you leave us and we are very sad to see you go but you know it's it's progress for you tell us what you're doing just spend as much time as you want what's up with you how is your life changing what's happening with papa newt (laughs) well gosh um well, there's, there's not, as you said, I, I've been picking up a lot more teaching, um, doing classes at the Next Millennium Bookstore, um, and soon to be doing more online. But I do, I will be traveling even more. Um, I have uh, more opportunities opening up uh, in, like, Des Moines, for example, next next weekend. I will be in Des Moines at a, at a little, uh, I guess it's a cyclist, a cyclist sampler thing that they're doing um, at the Unity Center there. And and then um, presenting and talking and just I, I just have so much going on. I'm just trying to organize it in my head. Um, I even um, been making a little bit of of um, not not major, and I don't want to go really big with this, but I've been making little products uh, being sold through not only my website but through the Next Millennium Bookstore. And of course, I, I give. Um, Great props to you, Ms. Kat, because I have learned so much um, 
from the apprenticeship and uh, over the years of just uh, knowing you. Um, mm-hmm. But that that's even um, opening up as a and will be a little side project uh, business as well. And gosh, I just I'm getting a little flustered. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's I've so I've noticed you've been posting on your on your uh, <laughs> Facebook feed some of the products you've been making. Um, and I can tell you studied under me. I'll just leave it at that. Um, right. But I know you're you're working on your own line. Will it be called um, Papa Nude, or will it have a different name for the line of it, products? It will actually. Um, I'm looking at at the, using the name of Eye of Newt. Eye of Newt. Oh, Ooh. how wonderful! How fun! Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love that. Eye of Eye of Newt. For those who are listening to this show. Um, you know, later and not in the chat room now. <laughs> I of Newt is Papa Newt's other Blog Talk Radio account, which he logs in to get the chat log, um, just as a fallback in case Nagashiva can't get it. So we always, when we do our shout-outs to who's listening, we always say, oh, yeah, and a shout-out to I of Newt. But that's Papa Newt's uh, little I. <laughs> not to be confused with Tony I, who's the other I, who's here a lot of the time. So, yeah, I Have Nude is a great uh, uh, name for your product line. I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you go on to invent many uh, new different formulas, and um, and I hope I've taught you well. Um, yes, you have. You have. Okay. I, mean, I, 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 just can, you. I, I know. This is just you know, doing this for so many years, like what we do it about 50 Sundays out of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it feels, it feels a little odd, you know, um, I, and so I'm just going to be like next, next Sunday. I, I, I know I'll be busy. Um, uh, I think they're setting me up to be at a store in Des Moines when I'm there doing, I'm, I'm supposed to be calling in. I'm going to have a little bit of a <laughs> Well, <laughs> Well, we we really are going to miss you. It's really going to be tough on us because you've been here so long and have done so much for us. And um, you know, I I guess we will never have um, one of those four tourist shows again in in um, in the upcoming future because um, uh, these four tourist shows were when we would have the co-hosts, me and Ollie, both being Tauruses, Papa Newt, the announcer, being a Taurus, and when one of our um, uh, guests, our special guest, was a Taurus, for instance, Papa G is a Taurus, and there's been others. Um, so, yeah, a, a four-Taurus show is now going to be a thing of the past, But um, which might make some people happy because we all just agree with each other and just sit there and just, <laughs> well, we feel exactly the same way about that. Um <laughs> But um, I also um, want to say that Papa Nude is working on a book for us, um, and it's a book on Catholic folk magic. And those of you who have um, seen him at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival or have a copy of the Red Folder will have a bit of an intro into what that book will be like. These are like little sample uh, snippets of what's going to be in the book. So tell us a little mm-hmm. about that book too, Papa Newt. Well, it's it's uh, focusing on on the saints, which is just um, 
you know, 96 pages, it's going to be, it's been tricky of picking out the right, you know, the saints and who to showcase and the various forms of how um, um, saints have been worked with in, in various forms, uh, both within the church traditions, but also those of in a more uh, folk uh, tradition. While it's not, not quite fully um, agreed upon by the church, but it's not quite fully denied by the church, but these are little things that people uh, do. Um, and for example, like just before the show, I, I did post a little something um, uh, because I've been getting emails from people about, uh, you know, with, with this whole COVID-19 and saints to pray to. And of course I was like, you know, St. Roach and uh, Roke and um, mm-hmm. St. Sebastian mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of how St. Sebastian Wall never had association with any disease in his story, but uh, like the middle ages with, with the plague outbreak, the, mm-hmm. the Valdist, uh, uh Stores and stuff got associated with him, and then again, of course, with uh, the age epidemic took place, and and it's just uh, you know how these things get associated to to saints, both by their stories or just other variations of associations, um, and just world things going on in the world. Yeah, and of course. Well, that's a, yeah. This is this is a yeah. This is a wonderful uh, point to bring up because every different. Um, Catholicism is a religion that's worldwide, and every different mm-hmm. culture that Catholicism was um, grafted into mm-hmm. has their own ways of working. And so St. Rock or Roach, as some people call him, um, would definitely be the saint that many people would consider the right one for COVID-19. Other people might say, mm-hmm. what about St. Lazarus, right? Yeah. Um, and But, you know, everyone has their own way of of doing it and i think one of the wonderful things about this book is to kind of weave together the stories of these saints as they are perceived mm-hmm. in different uh we might call uh ethnic or na- national groups because catholicism mm-hmm. is really catholic it's all over the world but not everyone will approach each saint the same in every nation so this is going to be a little handbook of these saints. And also, I hope you're going to be putting into the book some of the things that you had mentioned in the red folder, how the scapular is used, how the rosary is used. The little things, the little items of Catholic folk magic are going to be part of this book, too. I'm looking forward to to it greatly, and I will be very happy to be the editor and publisher of that book. And it'll be coming out from the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church imprint. So um, now we got to turn to the next part of this special announcement because at least three people in the chat room are now thinking, well, what are they going to do for an announcer? (laughs) 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 One one of those people might be um, me, uh, and um, and another one might might be. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> might be Jeremy Weiss. So let's bring in Dr. Jeremy Weiss. Say hi, Jeremy. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Welcome. Well, yeah, we can Excellent. hear you. Okay. Hello. We mentioned we mentioned Jeremy before when we were talking about totem animals, and uh, he he was typing about big cat rescue, and I'm like, no, you needed rescuing from the big cat. But um, uh, yeah. Jeremy has done one test show already. When Shiva and I were gone, he did the announcing. So, Jeremy, you're going to be our new announcer. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Ah, 
Well, uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be uh, uh, an announcer. Um, uh, Miss Kat and Shiva and I have known each other for a really long time. I wrote uh, the book Vulvamancy um, for Lucky Mojo and uh, pres- was a presenter, uh, I believe, in at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival in, was it 2017, I think? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, I've also been uh, very interested in Jewish folk magic and Kabbalah and how it relates to hoodoo. And um, uh, written a piece and presented a workshop in 2019 at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival in uh, Jewish amulet bowls. And uh, currently working on a couple of books, uh, one for Yippie. So. so this is kind of interesting. So we're going from um, a, a, a Catholic announcer who has a particular interest in Catholic folk magic to a Jewish announcer who has a particular <laughs> interest in Jewish folk magic. Um, and um, and the, how they both relate to hoodoo. Actually. And how they relate to hoodoo. And they both do relate to hoodoo. This is sort of interesting. Very much. Well, you know, people... People come to Hoodoo and they go, I want to learn all about black American folk magic. And then about, I don't know, somewhere between a half a year and a year into it, they go, oh, what about my own culture's folk magic? And how does that relate to Hoodoo, if it does? At which point, some of them leave Hoodoo completely and just pursue their own culture's folk magic. But others, such as Elvira, myself, and and many, there are many others, create an understanding of the things that bridge between cultures and that are shared mm. between cultures. So um, Jeremy is working on a book on um, Jewish folk magic. This is not a book on Kabbalah, folks. It's a book on Jewish folk magic. Many people don't know that Jews have folk magic. Um, there are so few Jews left alive in this world that I guess we all have to sort of stand up and say, yeah, we have folk magic too. And it's going to be very much of interest to people who read Trolldom, the book by Johannes Gardbach about Swedish folk magic, to read this book on Jewish folk magic because there's going to be a kind of a, like an oh wow when you get to certain spells. Johannes came to America from Sweden to learn about hoodoo, and I left him to go home and write a book on Swedish folk magic. <laughs> so Jeremy is in the same position, came to learn about hoodoo, and I said, no, no, go back and learn about Jewish folk magic and teach us. <laughs> So I'm so happy to have you here, Jeremy. And I'm really um, hoping that, you know, we can um, keep on with our format. As as you know, sometimes we have one client and sometimes two. Sometimes our panel discussions mm-hmm. get a little shortened because we talk too much. And uh, one of the things we we would like people to do is to kind of, you know, not cast a vote, but we'd like a little consensus. Should we continue with two clients or go back to having one, which we used to do a long time ago? At one point, mm. we had three clients. Mm-hmm. We've had all yeah. different formats. Sometimes it was yeah. all panel discussion and no clients. Oh, yeah. Right. right? So we've had various iterations of um, format in, in this show. I am leaning gently toward one client and longer mm-hmm. panel discussions and maybe mm-hmm. bringing in our announcer as one of the panelists so we would have um, four people on the panel and a little longer time. That's my thought, but I'm hoping that people will start to post and say what they think. 
You can also post about it at the LMC Radio Network uh, Facebook page. Just, you know, we're going to put out an announcement. What do you want? What what will make you all happy? Okay? Um, I see that Nagashiva has cast a vote for longer panel discussions and one client. (laughs) I just repeated what you put forward. Oh, well, you wrote the word, you wrote the word nice. I did. And I took that as an editorial comment. (laughs) Okay. Well, so we're going to be working on formats, and we really would like people to um, give their, you know, their stuff. I see Conjurman Ali says, I personally like the balance of a panel and two callers, but I'm flexible. Angela L. says, two clients. Okay. Well, we're getting some votes. We'll we'll be we'll be making note of all of this, and we will find out what we're doing later. Of course, even when we usually have two clients, sometimes we have only one client. One. So, so so um, Jeremy, I'm going to um, ask you another question. Have you been practicing these little announcements? <laughs> I, I I have I have, and the day that I. Uh, uh, filled in for Papa Newt. I practiced all day. Uh, I was right <laughs> on the money, except for all the technical errors. <laughs> That's like how I did when I first started, too. I practiced so many times the music over and over until I got it right. I got it. It was perfect. It was perfect. I had the announcement perfect, but then I realized that the mute button was on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's live radio, as they say. Um, so Elvira says she votes for a longer show with two clients. <laughs> I also added that I accidentally put the the cap on, so it didn't sound like I was yelling and two clients. You know, so just to let everyone know I get that. It. I get it. Um, I don't think I could do a longer show. I think I'd just run out of things to say. An hour and a half is about about it for me. I think so, it's a good size, yeah. A good yeah, length. that's that's right. So uh, next week, folks, we're gonna we're gonna bring it in with um, Dr. Jeremy Weiss. Now, Jeremy, uh, tell people how they can find you if they want to become your fans. What is your um, website and all of that? Well, right now, the easiest way to find me is probably just through Facebook under Dr. Jeremy Weiss. And you can find me also, I have a page, uh, Dr. Jeremy Weiss's Jewish Amulet. Um, I'm setting up a website right now called Temple of Miriam the Prophetess. Uh, uh, and it'll be up and running soon, templeofmiriamtheprophetess.com. So those are going to be the three major methods. But right now, probably Facebook is easiest to get in touch with me. Okay. So it's Dr. Jeremy uh, Weiss, Dr. Jeremy Weiss's Jewish Amulets, and the Temple of Miriam the Prophetess. And um, that reminds me, I want to thank Jeremy and Papa Newt for having worked so hard on the tech team for AIR. The AIR web pages would be nothing without Papa Newt's longtime help and also Jeremy's recent help, really doing wonderful work getting information out to the public for free. All righty. Take it away.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa, California. Take it away, Miss Elvira. Okay, so this is basically to work with getting in touch with um, a, either a totem animal or a, uh, a spirit uh, uh, animal ally. And what you would do is get three stones and set them in a downward pointing triangle with the peak, of course, the point being towards you. The upper left would be a um, bloodstone, the upper right is an amethyst, and the downward one would be a turquoise. You'd add um, some uh, herb. You'd add a star anise with the bloodstone. You would add mugwort with the amethyst, and you would add um, oh, and I can't even read that. That's a cloves with the uh, with the uh, turquoise. Now, what you're going to do is put a request in the center, and that's basically the request for the particular. If you're looking for one, a request for the uh, a animal to come forward to you to work with and to help you in whatever endeavor you're looking at. Then you take and basically sit in meditation for a little bit of time, you know, five, 10 minutes, and then go into dream time and do this for three consecutive evenings. And then when the when you're done with the third evening, you'll probably have had you know, a contact. Then what you do is you get an icon, you get a a picture, you get a, a little figurine of the animal, stick it in the center on top of your request, and then you again sit in meditation for three nights and wait as the dream time opens up and talk with the animal, get to know it, watch it, get the uh, different uh, things and actions, and then do your research in the daytime. And then when it is all done, you'll do a with the picture and the figurine, you will leave that. You will gather the three sets of stones and herbs, and you will take it and put it in a pouch. And if you have a, um, a flexible picture, you need to put it with it. And, uh, you know, I'm not talking a glass figurine because you're going to be carrying this with you. So you're carrying the entire energy with you, and that way you will start to bond with that particular um, animal. Wow. All right. You you mentioned um, a, a list of herbs, and neither Shiva nor I caught it. It was bloodstone at the upper left, amethyst at the anise. upper. I'm sorry. Was it bloodstone at the upper left, amethyst at the upper right, and turquoise at the bottom point? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then yes. the the herb at the upper left was anise. Star anise the, with the bloodstone. The herb at the yeah. upper right with the amethyst. Mugwort. Mugwort. Got it. And the herb at the bottom with the turquoise. Cloves. Cloves. All right. Now we have it. We can write it down. All right. Um, so um, this, when you talk to an animal, and I'm going to um, kind of 
give you a moment here to expand on this a little bit. When you talk to an animal like this, you say they answer back, they speak to you in English, um, and you're going to be doing this um, for three nights and then receiving the animal and then making the little pouch with the figurine. What do you personally, you, Elvira, someone who does shamanic journeying, someone who does meditation in spirit, someone who does do trance work, channeling and light trance type work, what do you say? How would you phrase this to someone who has never done this? What would you tell them if they heard you speak out loud? What would you be saying as you called in that animal spirit? Basically, what I would do is first things first is I would count myself down, meaning I tend to go to, on the physical plane, I find a place, either a, a, a stone edifice that is rocks and there's a hole in it or the, a tree with a hole or something, and you would go down into, uh, you know, um, at least uh, I would go 18 steps down and you just basically find yourself going one, two, three, counting yourself down. When you get there, you come out into a area, and it's usually wooded. It's uh, an area that has plants and, you know, it's not a city. And mm-hmm. then sometimes there will be an animal that will meet you. Sometimes you just have to keep walking. And when mm-hmm. there is an animal that comes to you or stops and looks at you, Basically, what I would do is I would greet it. I would, you know, I tend to be a little bit more dramatic. I bow. I say hello. Um, obviously, you can't shake hands, and certainly we can't shake paws. <laughs> we have to do COVID, mm-hmm. you know, procedures. Um, but I would go into a uh, a, a respectful uh, point of reference, and then um, I would ask its name. I mean, some, you know, just because it may look like a bear and it says, Hi, you know, hello, or acknowledges them. When you ask it, it it doesn't say I'm, you know, great bearer of standing stones. It's usually sometimes they come up with Hi, I'm Sam, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so once you get on a name basis, once you connect, and sometimes they kind of walk around and you have to follow them, and and you just sort of go, you know, it's really nice. Uh, I, you know, wanted to know what you were involved in here, and this is a beautiful place. I start talking like I'm talking to somebody that is out there. Now, this is because I am requesting from them. I'm not doing high magic. I'm not doing it where it's, you know, I call upon these to come to me and, you know, that kind of a thing because I tend to work a little in more informally when I'm mm-hmm. trying to, you know, connect. And then eventually they kind of hang out and we sort of sit and we have conversation. A conversation sometimes is I'm going, I really need some help in this particular project. I am stuck. I don't know what to do. Um, I know that you have great strength and I have to move 16 rooms of furniture and pack it and I need help. Um, how can you, you know, how can I get some help from you in terms of, you know, knowledge or experience or, you know, and then they will, they will respond sometimes rhetorically. That's when I get frustrated is when they give me more riddles than they do give me information, but they will. Um, and it's up to you to decipher it. Um, and sometimes they'll go, get your herd to help you, you know, and you know, well, what's my herd? You know, these are my friends and family or, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and sometimes it's a long conversation. Sometimes it's short. 
Um, sometimes they lead me to a particular location um, or a temple if I need, you know, a little bit more intense um, energy work, and then I will be given uh, either a companion, a human form, non-human form, but another companion that will help with whatever I'm looking for. Usually it's one of the, the goddesses that I work with. So, um wow. Wow. So there was, that was a good question because I got a totally unexpected and very detailed answer. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Wonderful. This was All so right. cool. So cool. Yeah, very cool. All right. Well, there is our music, and we're going to let Papa Newt have a moment to give his last announcement, at least of this cycle. Maybe he'll come back again later in our lives. We never know. But... For the last time, Papa Newt, let's have our outro, and then we'll all come back and say goodbye. <laughs> thank you, Miss Kat and Kanjiman Ali, and thank you, Miss Elvira of Elvira.com and Santa Rosa, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when we'll have another special guest joining us from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, who will be Laura, uh, Laura Rivera of uh, of uh, the House of Cheshire in Rhode Island, uh, bringing us the topic on uh, herbs and roots in world folk magic. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraman Ali at thecontraman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I've been your announcer, Pop New, journey from popnew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. Many blessings to you all. The Lucky Mojo Mojo Hoodoo Rook Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of Memphis Chung Pan playing the jump and waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, Papa Newt. And um, thank soon you to so have much. you on as a guest. That's it. Yay. <laughs> Definitely. Yay. Definitely. We we want to have Papa Newt come back as a guest for old oh, time's yeah. sake. All righty. Yeah. Well, um, thanks, everyone, for um, being our fans and friends. And I want to give a little shout-out to everyone in the chat room who I did not call on, um, but I saw that Anita Perez was there. I saw Angela L. I saw Tony I. And um, all the rest of you who I can no longer find your name is because blog talk radio has now made it very difficult to do so <laughs> too bad <laughs> oh dr sweets was one of them <laughs> all right um and um we'll be back again uh next week next week all right yeah. bye-bye it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.